of January 2022. Now we have this opportunity to be intent on training these minds of ours. Because when being born into this life, there's also this not knowing, this ignorance that we're born with. And so right from an early age, we receive and come into contact with many different things, and we are constantly attaching to all of them. But perhaps we can attach to some good things as well. We attach to them as being me, as being mine, as being a self. And all the things that we do in this life, it's for the purpose of me, of the self, of us. And so there may be meritorious things, there may be demeritorious things that we do. But it's when we see the drawbacks, the dangers in this body and in this mind that we can put our efforts into abandoning these harmful, unskillful things and trying to develop meritorious good deeds. It's one of the important days in Buddhism is the day that the Buddha gave the Awada Padimokha sermon. He taught about abandoning evil and cultivating goodness and bringing the mind to purity. So Papa is commonly translated as evil or demerit. It means heat, this feeling of being ill at ease, of suffering. So we need us to train ourselves to abandon this Papa. So we, even though it's normal for this to come up for us, um, still we try and put our efforts into abandoning that. And um, it comes from the wrong view that we have, this not knowing, this delusion. And through these things, then we can do many things that are incorrect, that are wrong. But when we are aware of that, then we put our efforts into abandoning them, really set our hearts on that. Any of these unwholesome states that have arisen already, we put our effort into abandoning them. Those that have yet to arise, we put effort into not allowing them to arise. But perhaps they come up in the mind, which is something that we're not yet able to control. And so we put our effort into controlling our body and speech first. Even though we may feel angry or hateful, we don't speak on that. We don't harm others through our body and speech. And if we have this quality of kindness within our hearts, um, then that can look after these minds of ours. And any evil state that arises within the mind will be able to abandon that. But still it's normal for these to come up and for these harmful mind objects to appear because we are still uh, seika, pukalas, we're still those who are in training, we're still studying. And so we put our efforts in this way, abandoning things which are not good and put our efforts into developing good, wholesome things. So we can do that through our practice of chanting, of being generous, of being virtuous, 
of coming and paying respects to Buddha images, of practicing the Dhamma, studying the Dhamma, helping out in our work and society, and giving knowledge to others. And all of these are sources of merit. These are all meritorious activities. So we try to abandon as papa, as evil, and develop goodness. And when the mind has this goodness, this merit within it, then it's clean and bright. When our actions of body are clean, our words are clean, and our minds are clean, then there's a lot of merit and skillfulness there within. The mind feels very joyous. And so we train and practice ourselves in this way. So the Buddha taught this from the very beginning, that this is what we should do. And when we um, take up that training, then we see the results of that. And the results are happiness and inner contentment. This is what comes from generosity, from virtue. This leads to heaven, leads to inner happiness. So this is a very important wealth, wealth of generosity and of virtue. And there are other kinds of wealth as well, but those are unsure things. They're external things. When we have them, when we receive them, then we may feel very uplifted and uh, very joyful. But what happens if they change? If they disappear, if they get stolen, someone robs them from us, someone cheats them out of us, then the mind suffers. So the things that give us that sense of joy, it's not a true happiness. It's an unsure thing. And it has its dangers, its drawbacks as well. But the wealth of generosity and of virtue is another kind of wealth. And there's also the wealth of studying and of <coughs> um, gaining wisdom. And these are things that no one are able to steal from us. And the highest wisdom that we can gain is that of clear knowledge into the Dhamma. And this, in particular, is a very important wealth. It's a noble wealth, that which is far away from enemies. So the various wealth, wealths in this world, they're able to change, and they do so constantly. So we need to be cautious around them. We need to always be contemplating, and being aware of what they're like. When we have virtue and we're able to keep that, then this gives rise to coolness and peace. And even though many people come and live together in a society, if they have the sense of restraint and composure over their acts of body and speech, then they'll be able to live together with peace. It'll be this quality of santi, of calm. But what about the mind then? And how do we give rise to merit within the mind? How does skillfulness arise there? How does purity arise within the heart? And how can we reach the state of original purity? Well, we have to have mindfulness and wisdom. We need to train so that peace can arise. We see that all people in this life, they want new things. They want new clothes, or if it's a monk, a new robe. 
good things, things that are clean. And so therefore we should make sure our acts and our words are clean, that our minds become clean. We have this cleanliness of samadhi, of a mind that is peaceful. Because when the mind is calm, then it's in a clean and bright state. And so these are all meritorious or skillful things, and things which we should uh, bring to completion. We may start off with just a little, but as we carry on going, they get more and more, until the heart feels very at ease, it feels this inner contentment. So some people have great amounts of faith in Buddhism, and this really depends upon what we've done in the past, what we've cultivated. Some people have cultivated this a lot, some people a little. The Burmese that we have differ. But all of us are able to practice, we're all able to meditate. We can all bring our minds to meditation objects. We can all do a lot of chanting, a lot of cultivation, so the mind can come to stillness. And so eventually we see with clarity, we gain this clear knowledge within our hearts. If the mind doesn't have this knowledge, then it will take everything in terms of self. It will take the mind as well as being my mind. And this is a really torturous situation. It's a lot of pain and suffering. Because when bad thoughts arise within us, then those are my thoughts. Because the mind is me, the mind is mine. And we don't want for any of these bad thoughts to arise, but still they come up, don't they? And we're afraid of evil, we're afraid of bad things. We, and the more we're afraid, then the more the mind just carries on proliferating. You can think about so many different things due to this fear. So we should bring up mindfulness and just carry on letting these things go, abandoning them, putting them down. We see them as just being normal, and then we put them down. If the mind is at peace, then we can ask ourselves, well, is this mind really me? Is it really mine? The reason it proliferates is because of the delusion present within it. If there's attachment, the mind goes and attaches to this and that, and attaches to material things, to mental things. Well, that's because of delusion. It goes and clings to form and feeling, and perception, mental formation, sense consciousness. Attaches to these things as being a self. But when we gain knowledge, true knowledge, and this is a great form of merit, and really all knowledge is merit, it's Dhamma. This knowledge that there isn't really a me, there isn't really other people. And even the knowledge that we gain, the wisdom that we gain, this is something that we shouldn't attach to as being me or mine. And here, at this point, if we can let even that go, then this sincere, this true wisdom arises. The mind's able to settle into a state of deep peace and can see that the mind is just the mind. There's no being, no individual, no me, no you. So we practice like this, and if we can get to this point, then suffering can't arise. 
and the mind is in a pure state. And so as we practice, then it's like the moon that uh, steadily becomes brighter and brighter, you know, the waxing moon. But in its normal state, and then it's dark, dark with delusion. If it has wrong view, then it just gets darker and darker. It's like if we're traveling and we're lost, then it can take us a really long time to get to a destination. But if we know that road very well, if we're very familiar with it, then we won't be slow at all. We'll be quick to get there. And so we bring up mindfulness and knowledge like this. And the Buddha taught us about the very heart of Buddhism. He's laid this teaching down already. So we try and we put effort into that, having mindfulness. Sati, this quality of mindfulness or recollection. And Sampajanya, this cleared knowing. And we try to bring these up constantly, to have these constantly. And through this, then the mind can reach a state of stillness. And so some of the ways that we can get the mind to that point are uh, meditation words. You may use Buddha, or may use some other words. And these are objects that we bring up in the mind so that it calms down, so that it reaches a state of peace. And that's all they're used for. So a meditation word is just an object of the mind. And really, none of them are better than the other. They're means for bringing the mind to peace. And if the mind does calm down, then we'll see that they're the same. And there's no need to argue that this is better than that. And perhaps we don't really know that, um, that knowledge isn't clear for us. We may cling onto my meditation word and think that mine is better than yours. And mine is the only good one and all others are wrong. Now before uh, I had listened to a monk teach to recite the meditation phrase of Samma, Sambuddha, and I never heard this before. And I thought, well, maybe that's not right. Um, but really, Samma, Sambuddha, it's recollecting the goodness, the virtues of the Buddha as well and how he was rightly self-awakened. The word samma meaning right. So may you all train yourselves in these methods. And there's no need to doubt um, about this path. When there's mindfulness there, when samadhi is firm, then the mind will come into peace and will gain a clear understanding. And this is how the practice progresses. And so we should all set our hearts on that. And we should also feel proud that we're using this life of ours to train ourselves to practice. And it's really not easy to find people who have this interest in meditation. And for us, we've come from many different places from all over the world with this sincere intention to practice. And this is something that's really hard to find. So may you really set your sights on that, set your heart on it, on inner peace. And when the mind is calm, then contemplate the nature of the body and the mind. See how everything that arises, all of that ceases. 
even this knowing element, is too is not self. If there's delusion, then we'll attach to it, attach to this knowing element as being self. So the last of the uh, awakened disciples of the Buddha to awaken during his time was Subhata, and he let go of this attachment to the mind as being self and attains to arahantship. You could see the body as being just like a biological contraption that we use to connect, to communicate with one another. And because if we didn't have this body, then we wouldn't have the sense organs, and so we wouldn't be able to connect with one another. But if there's delusion there, then it will attach to this biological machine as being self. And so we need to train our minds then. And this training of the mind is one of the highest blessings in life. We carry on contemplating until we realize emptiness, until we're able to lay down all of the attachments that we have. And then through this we will see the Dhamma. So may all of you set your hearts on this.